What is a demonic possession? You show your vulnerability and they will latch onto you. Where can you find the demons? Everywhere. First case, um, both the boys who are manically acting, demonically possessed were actually brothers. He had an extramarital affair with my friend's wife. When this person is trying to stab himself, that person is trying to take something and stab someone else. Within the movie, they've shown chants for Paymon and all that. Hmm. Is it wrong for me to say the name? You might experience a lot of accidents. Something more dirtier than that. All mirrors are portals. Potentially, they can be. Let's talk about this. This scared the <laughs> shit out of me when I was a kid, dude. In your house currently, there's a yeah. lot of objects which probably have entities inside them. There were all the objects and all that were kept inside, like kalashes and uh, you know some blood stains around, ashes and everything. Yeah, and a lot of dark stuff. A complete awkward silence over there. What does an entity look like visually? It was a frail young man who could lift up a sofa with his single hand. There's a big mirror. I am wearing a cross locket that just fell off. It's been a while since we created a horror special on TRS. Dr. Savio Furtado is a demonologist. He's a psychic and he's part of the same crew that Sarbjeet Mohanty and Pooja Vijaya from. That's all I'll say in this one. As is the case with any horror special on TRS, the intention is never to add darkness to your light. It's to help you understand darkness so that you can move towards the light. Enjoy today's episode of TRS. With these horror conversations, I don't know whether to make it scary or occasionally make it funny and break it up. So I don't know what's going to happen today. But welcome to our studio, Savio Furtado. The honor is mine. Thank you. How are you, brother? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, man. Uh, I'm doing a paranormal conversation after a very long time. Um, so I know today is going to be intense. The moment I saw you outside, I was like, okay, intense conversation today. <laughs> How are you, my man? All good, all good, all good. And and, and I, I I subscribe to that. Uh, the, I mean, thought of yours that always keep it light. Yeah, okay. I can have the most weirdest of thoughts, even on, on the most intense of uh, horror. I mean, whatever haunted locations in the in, in a paranormal investigation. Yeah, I can yeah. I can do that. I'm I'm weird like that. No, no. I think I think that's how it should be, man. Like honestly, your subject is so heavy. If I have a paranormal investigator on the show or anyone who's dealing with the paranormal on the show i only keep that one podcast for that one day because by the end of it i do feel a lot of heaviness heaviness so i can't imagine what you guys go through regularly every day maybe for the people who are not too familiar with the work that you and sarbhai uh, have done um why don't you just give a small intro on what you guys do as well as a small intro on yourself yeah primarily i'm an exorcist Right. And that's how I joined the team, because that is exactly what I brought to the table. And uh, over and above, I mean, over that, I mean, uh, it was my psychic abilities that I developed over time. And it didn't just happen by magic. I mean, it was like uh, it was like a developmental thing. I'm more of a skeptic to begin with. And I question everything that happens. So even on at haunted locations or in my exorcisms, I'll question everything. I wouldn't readily believe anybody who says that, you know, what I'm possessed or the devil is haunting me or something like that. I wouldn't really believe that. So going by our work, I bring that to the table, like handwriting analysis. I will read symbols. I'm a graphologist as well, uh, an NLP practitioner. 
and a hypnotherapist. So knowing all these things, uh, face reader, behavior analysis, everything. So knowing all these things, it becomes very difficult to deny that there is something more, something beyond this. And somebody has to be that crazy person. So that crazy person is me. <laughs> so when I go to these locations, wherever we go, I do, I do a lot of scouting. I do a lot of peripheral reading and I tell whether this place is worthy enough to be you know, investigated or not. So that's what I bring to the table. And we have diverse uh, uh, skills. Okay. What is scouting and peripheral reading? Scouting is going to the location actually and uh, looking around for any anomalies be it spiritual or even human uh, interference, knowing exactly if there are any beasts or any creepy crawlies who are waiting to lurk around there. So that is scouting. Going to know that if at all there are any um, interferences that are going to be evil from the legal side or from the illegal aspect. Yeah, like goons coming and probably even drunkards or druggists, right? So that's scouting. And uh, peripheral audit is something that we do on a spiritual basis, like just going around and checking whether a place is really haunted or no, whether we really conduct an, uh, an investigation or no. There can be abandoned places, but not every abandoned place is haunted. There are deaths in every house. It doesn't mean that every house is haunted. So it's it's everywhere. I mean, people ri right now share uh, stories and reels of uh, Begun Khoda, then uh, of uh, down that Hyderabad one place was there and also. It's not, I mean, there are deaths taking everywhere, place everywhere. So it doesn't mean that every station and every train is haunted, every railway track is haunted. Yeah, there are happenings happening everywhere. So peripheral audit is, is, is all about that, knowing exactly whether a place is worthy enough to be investigated and what will we be unearthing from there. Okay. Um, what does your bio on Instagram say? Spirituality is the science of the paranormal. That's right. Okay. Man, I have so many questions from just this one statement. So I don't know whether to ask you this or whether to ask you stuff about what you've already said. What I will say to the audience, especially to those people who've not seen the episodes with Sarba Bhai, uh, you guys have an extremely scientific method to go about, for lack of a better word, ghost hunts. Uh, I know you guys don't like that word. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, but I mean, it's the only way I can encapsulate what you guys do to the general public. What word would you rather use? Paranormal investigations. Research. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You guys use devices that measure the electromagnetic frequencies. Okay. Radiations. EMF, yeah. EMF wave. Uh, Radiations. Right. Right. Uh, so y'all have a scientific procedure and we've actually covered that in one episode with Sarbhavai. So I'm not going to get into the details of it and break it down here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get straight to the center of the pie, Savio. Um, what's the most challenging thing about a place that's actually haunted? Uh, proving that the place is haunted first. Okay. And uh, secondly, um, how does it help our research? That's the most challenging part. Okay. Because wherever we go, we, 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 we interact with so many different entities. We release them sometimes and uh, sometimes we just help them out. Sometimes we just leave it as it is over there. But we have to see this from a from a perspective as to where this is actually leading. We cannot just retire from life, just, you know, going to hundreds of different haunted locations and proving that this is haunted and this is not haunted. This is haunted and this is not haunted. It's not a right swipe, left swipe kind of a thing. We have to think how this is going to progress in humanity ahead. Because right now, this is in a very gray shaded area, paranormal research. There are people who, are, who will believe it and there are people who are still skeptics who will not believe in this, right? And... It's okay. Peace to them all for that matter. 
I have to see or we have to see how is our research or proving whether a place is haunted or not haunted, how they are haunted, how they become haunted or not. Can they be cleansed? Is it just hallucination? Is it just hearsay that this place is haunted or person is possessed or what? How is this going to help the future? Okay. Uh, for example, how does the download of knowledge that you get from your experiences help the future of human beings? I'll tell you what. Um, right now, we are psychics. So I believe, I mean, I am, I'm much more a psychometric person. So that's called psychometry, wherein we touch objects we touch surfaces and because of the nerve endings that we've got, we read a lot of the surfaces. That's what I do. When I go, I read the rocks, I read the trees, I interact with the trees, I interact with a lot of different elements over there and I get my answers, which is again, it can be my own mind playing tricks, but then after if corroborated with facts and evidences and the history of the place, it always comes true. Like for example, the latest uh, uh, investigation that we did at Wasai, not Vasa, I'm sorry, at uh, down at uh, Alibag. I, uh, Pooja connected with the winds and she could feel there are entities below the ground and there is a tunnel system is exactly what even I got by touching the surfaces. And finally, we, I mean, and we didn't know about this, but then after interacting with one of this local lights over there, he told us that there is a tunnel system. I can show you that the other day. So these things have to be corroborated with facts, okay. right? So what I do is I touch surfaces and I read it. And I also teach this to people who come to our ghost encounters tours. I also teach them that. And even they are able to do it very fantastically. Now, I document all these things. What is it exactly that, that I feel when I touch? Is it a flashes of uh, light or colors or faces or whatever that I see or voices that I get and everything, right? Someday, if I'm able to translate this into technology, maybe I can, you know, say about invent a laser that will just run around a wall and read whatever has happened over there. Can you imagine how beautifully, I mean, how helpful it will be to solve even crime cases? You wouldn't require witnesses who turn hostile. You can just run your laser around and know exactly what happened over there, like how we do. You think there's some kind of deeper scientific procedure at play which the world of science hasn't discovered yet? Exactly, exactly. Because the day we stop venerating ICs and uh, uh, circuit boards, uh, capacitors and resistance and all those technical things, right? And start studying the human body, like even in their ancient texts and everything have been read, right? If we look at it from a very pragmatic perspective, if we look at it from a very scientific perspective that there were metaphors, but then every person is different and we all possess the same abilities. So if at all we learn this system of our neurons, of, of the nerve endings that we have and try to read things, what are different senses? Like right since birth, we've been always taught that we have these five senses. But these are just five topical senses. There are more than 20 senses in our own body, like 27 or 29 senses. Like the sense of balance, the sense of hunger, the sense of appetite, the sense of thirst, the sense of intimacy. Everything is a sense. The sense of internal pain. It's not from the skin. It's inside somewhere. So everything is, is like the intuition that we have, the anxieties that we have, the trauma. Everything is a sense. So the moment we stop venerating the, the gadgetry, and delve more into human science, I think uh, the world will be a better place to live in. We will unearth everything. That's the reason spirituality is the science of the paranormal. Okay, man, uh, you're a joy to talk to. Uh, I want to know a little bit about your childhood. We spoke to Pooja about her psychic abilities. Fantastic episode. Again, highly recommend that everyone go check that one out as yeah. well. Uh, she spoke about how all of us are psychic. But it's covered by layers of whatever we go through during the process of growing up and during the process of being an adult. That's why children are probably 
more psychic than adults and as you grow older you lose those abilities was it something similar for you no not really not okay. really i mean for me it was very different for me it was very developmental very slow and steady i grew up with psychic abilities and we all we all grow up with psychic abilities as you rightly said and pooja said that there are layers of conditioning that beta yahan nahi jana don't go here don't do that you should be doing this you should be always eating with your right hand don't use much of your left hand right don't get into performing arts more and concentrate more on maths and science and uh, engineering and something everybody wants their uh, this their child to be a pilot or an those are those romanticized uh, say about way of life right whereas right now we are opening up to the possibilities that you know you can be an artist right you can be a podcaster talk about like 15 20 years ago nobody would have really thought about it but right now we are opening up to new vistas we were looking out for new possibilities that people are adding or to the to the value of life being whatever they are good at my childhood was pretty straight pretty good i had two elder brothers who are 9 and 7 years elder to me and uh, after that i mean uh, whatever happened then i was i was growing up under their tutelage so i learned a lot how to be mature beyond my age all my friends were like say about elder to me most of my friends were elder to me they're still my friends and that's how i grew up i mean uh, learning about everything about handwriting analysis i learned from my brother and he used to read a book so i read from that and then after his face reading and all on on job whatever like that and then i was interested in knowing more about humans i was good at at events hosting events as well as participating at parties so i learned the guitar and everything like that and i learned that there is more to humans so reading them knowing talking to them i know exactly what person can think what at what point of time right uh, i would just sit on a park bench and just observe people walking around and check exactly you know what uh, what is this person going to do next from where is he coming by his attire by his walk is it is it pacy or is it relaxed right what he's wearing his foot footwear the expression on his face or everything like that it doesn't take much actually to see exactly what is going to happen i mean whether he's come from a crime scene or is going to uh, do a crime the thing is we've never really thought about it before we are more uh, entangled in our own selves and now i mean more in our smartphones but then after the more you interact with people the more you learn more so that's my childhood that's that's been growing up and then afterwards yeah in college and school in school college and all those things where did the psychic angle begin it it became developmental as i said handwriting analysis from there to face reading from behavior analysis again and then after body language then from there learning hypnosis and then afterwards hypnosis therapy as well and then afterwards uh, getting into neuro linguistic programming how to use that as a therapy right from there i understood there is something more to this that that's the time when i i i i i i knew that if i touch surfaces or if i touch anything i can sense the density or or the the, the history of that place or that okay. object or that person even locations as well i i mean once you learn about humans where a person is going to get angry and and you know what you you can actually calm him down without saying calm down right so when you learn about people whether a person is lying or not how, how do you actually when what triggers a person what are the buttons that you can press right or wrong right you extend this to locations it becomes like a, another new skill so that's how it is it has been it's not it's never that i was afraid or uh, it 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 was triggered by fear or it was anything else no 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 it has been developmental okay so it began with a bit of pattern recognition and learning those skills you worked on those it became better then your life made you learn hypnosis as well as neuro linguistic programming and once you learned these two skills you realized wait there's something more yep i want to know about what that something more is you said that you figured some more stuff 
Yeah, like in neurologistic programming, I mean, uh, not the not the NLPs that the present few practitioners actually teach about. Explain what that means also, neurolinguistic programming. It's neuro, so it's about the brain. Linguistic is all about language and programming, how you program a certain conversation or something like that. Right now, a lot of people are, uh, you know what, I mean, uh, passing on the fakery, if you can say that. Just believe in affirmations or just be positive or talk to yourself in the mirror or whatever like that. That is not neuro-linguistic programming. That is just one part of it, probably a fragment of it. But neuro-linguistic programming is how you, how you program your brain or program somebody else's brain and have a completely telepathic conversation. So if I say telepathy over here, people say, oh my God, this is bullshitting. No, but it is not actually. It is, it is about how we can, I, I can speak. We can have a non-verbal communication as well, right? It's, it's like reading between the lines and everything. So mirroring, anchoring, all these things that are taught in uh, neuro-linguistic programming actually work. Okay. Right. So basically some sort of soft telepathy was learned by you in the process of you learning NLP and then you realize, oh wait, this is not covered by science yet. So there must be more to it. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And then you started extending that skill to non-living objects. True. That's how you ended up meeting Sarban Pooja. Yeah. Uh, Pooja, I knew right from, I, think, I guess, 2002 or 2004 or something like that. And uh, then after we were on and off in conversations. Later on, I guess in 2015 or 2016, when they actually started pairs at that point of time i uh they they, they built a, a a whatsapp group and she just broadcasted if anybody is interested in the paranormal or having a paranormal chat may join this group and i grabbed that opportunity i just said you know what i mean uh even i'm into a lot of this and I, I want to know something more beyond this and so let me join that and that's how exactly all the three of us got acquainted again and uh, that's how we actually all met okay um do you want to talk about the first case of the paranormal where you realized that okay hold on this is actually paranormal this is not a hoax what was that feeling like and tell me about the case a little bit uh the first case um, was of exorcism okay it was a demonic possession of uh, a dear friend and uh, that was handled by my brother my eldest brother and it was much more of a, a religious exorcism so when I witnessed that, that was exactly when I got to know, okay, fine, things can really happen like this. Because uh, it was a frail young man, maybe young, yeah, he was younger than me as well, who could lift up a sofa with his single hand. And he was uh, puking all over the place and, you know, mouthing out very a, lo a lot of filthy language and all, which he wasn't actually before that. And uh, he actually manifested in, in a very demonic way. And it was handled by my brother very well. And he got exorcised at that point of time. But that's exactly when I got to know, okay, fine, you know what, there is something like this also. How old were you? Uh, this was in, uh, I guess, 2006 or 2007. Okay. So that was like, uh, yeah, 15 years ago. Okay. Uh, and um, your brother was also an exorcist? He is still. He is still an yeah, exorcist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Would he be open to giving us a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he will be. But then afterwards, he will be uh, more on the religious side. That's fine. That's great. Uh, yeah, he will be more on that religious side. Okay. Um, man, explain the word exorcist. Um, anybody who can help a, a, a demonic possession. What is a demonic possession? As I call it, a demon. A demon is any other sickness. That is unwanted in our body, right? So we have a lot of sicknesses in our body, in our soul and in our spirit, right? If we have a cold flu, we go to the doctor. We exercise the demon of flu. 
Mm. But for that, we don't need to do all the drama that they show in the movies and everything like that, right? We just go take a paracetamol probably and cure the headache there and there, right? So that is an exorcism as well. But we never see exorcism like that. So even diseases on a mental level, on a on a on a spiritual level, are also diseases. We choose to call them demons. Why? Because the elderly, the the older, the ancient people used to call them demons. Even leprosy, the demon of leprosy, that they used to call the the uh, demon of uh, convulsions and fits that they used to call. Right? These are all demons. These are all diseases, unwanted. But yes, they afflict us. So exorcism is just going one step beyond, um, say, about mental health uh, uh, therapists like the psychiatrist or the or psychologist. Exorcism just goes parallel to that, just just one step beyond that. Okay. Um, this particular case where your brother was involved, uh, you said that your friend was possessed by a demonic entity. This happened in Mumbai. Yeah, it happened in Mumbai. Uh, so there are demons that exist in Mumbai. Oh, everywhere. everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Okay, but specifically about this case, what was the demon? Let's take it step by step. Basically, the Satan, who is say the leader of the demons. Yeah, am I right? Yeah, and then there's demons under him. Even it, Satan is a demon. Okay, is he like the leader? Is he the number yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. He and was the one who led the downfall, as you know, equivalent of the devil, or yeah. e- same as the devil. He is the devil. He is the devil. Okay. Then he has people under him, like demons under him. So when you say this person was possessed by a demon, was it one of the demons under Satan, or was it an even lower deity, like an even lower demon? It was a demon. You, it was okay. just a demon. I mean, uh, let's not uh, put a hierarchy to demons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There are demons in everything. Yeah, you call them lower demons or uh, higher demons, right? I believe demons are programmed, same as the angels. There are angels who will come as messengers, and they will just be messengers. They will not do anything else. There are there are angels who will come and help you, and that's it, right? They will come and heal you, and that's it. So same way, a demon of uh, uh, maybe a pancreatic cancer cannot cause diplopia, or a demon of deafness cannot cause uh, um, say about cripple or or paralysis. He will not. So in the same way, a demon that is uh, that is performing one function even in the brain will not do something else. even in medical science the first step for any therapy is to diagnose once you diagnose a disease through whatever medical reports and the lab reports that you get you know exactly where to pinpoint your medication towards so in the same way in exorcism if you have watched those movies and all those things it's it's always about identifying the demon once you identify the demon then it's very easy to exorcise so every demon has its own weakness basically of course and you've got to target the weakness of course for example what anything anything i mean for for example if a person is acting crazy at that point of time it's the person is depressive as well as manic so you know that person might be mildly schizophrenic you target that okay right you treat that in a in a particular way that is that is suitable for that okay exorcism okay uh, these are more intricate spiritual procedures i'm assuming yeah yeah like a particular kind of prayer or a particular kind of ritual to beat the demon yeah that's how an exorcism so when you happens. so when you say prayer and ritual it is not very uh religious again not very orthodox right horses for courses so a different person is a different person every person is different so every mental illness is different you cannot treat one depressed person like the other one right okay. so in the same way you cannot uh, exorcise the demon out of a demonic uh, uh, possession or possessed person like you treat the other one every person is different so you don't go on the field over there right, directly in front of them and say you know what i've done it 10 different times so this is exactly what i'm going to do now 
you need to first find the history you need to know exactly what are the symptoms what is going to happen and all and then afterwards you perform the exorcism it can be in a very calm and relaxed manner it, it need not be all the who and hoopla and the drama okay um were you afraid when you were witnessing this not at all fear is not um, uh, an option at all because the demon feeds off of fear yeah 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 of all, every emotion for that matter every negative emotion like what anger anxiety anger depression sadness uh, fear lust greed gluttony all so if the demon spots one of these emotions in you it starts targeting you exactly so say it spots greed in you it'll say something about money if it spots uh lust in you it'll say something sexual yeah am i right yeah true okay and you're just not supposed to give in and, exactly and get it exorcised as soon as possible okay so uh, are you comfortable talking about how your brother exorcised this particular demon using the bible okay yeah and using scriptures from the bible a particular verse any verse for that matter any any verse that really matters at that point of time whatever whatever it takes to actually minister to the spirit of that person and the demon to exorcise the demon yeah he will use all that okay and how long is the process as long as it takes as long as it takes so how long can it go it can go to a few hours as well few hours as well yeah why yeah, yeah. because sometimes a person is not willing to just give up the demon and yeah and sometimes as it happens in most uh orthodox uh, exorcisms like of every religion for that matter the first step is to diagnose exactly what demon is there once you identify the demon only then can you actually work upon it right so you're just uh, shooting in the dark whereas my brand of exorcisms are very different it comes from actually reading that person knowing exactly when to approach it so you can only you can uh, you can neither pour uh, from an empty cup nor from a turbulent cup and you need to pour you can only pour in an empty cup or in a calm cup so the moment the person is getting in a manic phase you don't exercise that person at all you just take it easy wait till he just calms down completely no matter how it takes you restrain him physically or mentally or just calm him down and then afterwards you help him find the answers you're talking about the demon here right both the person who is actually afflicted okay. and the demon is the person who's afflicted is that person aware that they are get they're being possessed at that point of time no but once they get into the calm self the manic phase is gone that time he will realize what i was doing was really bad i mean i shouldn't have done that and then he will like probably feign ignorance and say you know i don't know why i was doing this why did this particular person get possessed and why not someone else because he was vulnerable at that point of time as you said fear the demons uh, what a feed of fear so it works like this you know on an atomic level uh, if you go to see the electrons that are there in an atom right will only latch on to another atom if at all there is a surplus of electrons or a a deficit of electrons in the outer shell only then it gets attached knowing about the positive and the negative charge and everything in that right so in the same way we have our aura if there is a gap in our aura only then we are available for attachment to some someone some other entity right or if we have surplus energy then afterwards we will go and give it to someone else right if that if that energy is negative then you are prone to making somebody else negative or probably you get possessed yourself or attached yourself okay so in the same way even a demon also just waiting to latch you show your vulnerability and they will uh, they will latch on to you where can you find the demons everywhere everywhere you go to you go to a contaminated place you will get a you will get a disease bacteria viruses 
right so in the same way you go to a haunted location you go to any place for that matter and you just display your fear of a certain thing and the universe will make sure okay fine you get back to the straight path okay wow uh little small pause here huh. uh how do you feel about this room this room is good very positive actually okay yeah yeah now i meditate a lot in this room i personally believe that when you meditate when you pray in any location it cleans up the location a little bit am i right in thinking that yeah you are you are okay you're, because the, the room fills up with your aura and if you're positive enough these, there is enough density in the room to drive off every other entity does it also mean that this room is protected it is it is okay um now bro you are someone who's constantly dealing with these entities are they on you even after your cases are complete or do they kind of latch on to you a little bit maybe out of attachment they do no they don't they don't i mean i don't allow them you don't allow them yeah so say you have had a case where you've gone to a haunted location you finish the job when you come home do you do like a bit of a cleanse do you do some kind of a protection ritual i do it at the location itself okay right there and there right i will just shun off the entities i will just disappear and uh, that's it i mean from their vision and i will not let them follow me anywhere so there is no such as uh, any physical activity the only physical cleanliness that we have to take care of is a hygiene after coming back because going to a contaminated location or a haunted location when you come back when you have touched surfaces all you need to do is the personal hygiene okay uh no spiritual hygiene In spiritual the, hygiene right at the haunted location like where wherever what is the spiritual hygiene um whatever again now uh you said you meditate i'm in a meditative state 24/7 even when i'm having a conversation or uh, probably i mean even multitasking i'm always in a meditative state so i'm there relaxed and calm right so that that's exactly where i dense if i or whatever increase the density of my aura and that's exactly how it is if i if i sense anything that is getting into me or whatever like that i shun it off there there itself i wouldn't i wouldn't let it affect, affect or reflect me has anything ever come home with you never no Un, yeah i mean apart from the haunted objects the charged objects that i have <laughs> <laughs> why do you keep those dude collection probably i mean whenever next i mean we'll make a museum <laughs> okay cool uh so many more questions let's begin by talking about probably the most challenging case you had uh you talking about exorcism or uh, paranormal we can do two questions <laughs> you can tell me both <laughs> uh see there is um in in my exorcisms there is one particular case that nobody knows about that I haven't spoken about for a very good reason because it also involved my friend and in a very uh, in a very awkward position so i don't really speak about this but then uh, this was the most challenging the most challenging case i've ever ever had till date otherwise all the others were okay i mean i i wouldn't i wouldn't put one over the other but this one was the most challenging one i was called by my friend and uh, his uh, son was uh, acting possessed demonically possessed so as a ritual man as as we always do i uh, asked for the photographs and uh, i just read the photograph and i said okay fine no he is having an occult presence over him this is not just psychiatric this is not just psychology this is not just depression or a manic phase this is something more than that what do you see when you see a photo of someone who's read the aura look at the face read his face whether there is a an, there is a balance or an imbalance uh, 
right? And then of course, try to find the source of that uh, imbalance, even in the body as, as well. I mean, there is a certain depression, certain body language, the way that you stand and everything, that you display a certain uh, anomaly, anything like that, and you need to correct that, that needs to be done. So that is exactly what I read in a photograph. So over here, I saw that there is some, there is some foreign entity that is afflicting this person and this needs to go. And uh, then again, I mean, I have to be very careful because I come as, um, you know, an uncle to that person. So I cannot really be a therapist being a known person. So I have to distance myself and then after speak with him and whatever. So I met this person uh, two or three times and I spoke with him exactly what's going wrong. Why do you act like this or whatever like you that. You met the boy. Yeah, I met the boy. With the demon on the boy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. And then afterwards, uh, I was asking him questions in, in, in a very calm manner. You know, when he is in his calm state, like uh, what exactly happens at that point of time? What exactly are you going through life? And everything, I got to know everything about it. Like, is he depressed? Is he being oppressed? Is he being uh, bullied at school? Like, these are common reasons why, I mean, the, the, the person might act out, right? It might be psychiatric for all we know. But then after they found out, no, there is something more than this, right? He is suddenly getting into a, 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 a trance or something like a situation where he doesn't remember what happens at that point of time. And I said, okay, fine, you know what? This needs to be resolved. This needs to be addressed. So it just took me two or three meetings to know that. Now, in the same time, what happened is after, say, about a week, I got another call from a very strange person, a stranger completely. And usually I don't take two cases at a time. But then after that, just, I mean, because he was pestering enough, I said, okay, fine, let me just speak to this person. And even he had the same thing. His son was having an issue. So I said, okay, fine, both like of the same age, both the same, probably like 13 or 14 year old people, yeah, uh, children. So I said, okay, fine, let me also say, take care of uh, this person. So I called the photographs and I read the photograph and said, okay, fine, over here also, this is the same case that cannot wait. So I decided to meet that person as well. Now, friend can wait for some time because there's not much that is there. So the moment I met those people, I went to, I, I visited, he was in his manic stage. He was like banging his head around. He was like uh, trying to stab himself with all different kinds of things, like a bottle, a broken bottle, a knife, right? And everything, he was flinging up tables up and down and everything. And th this was this was happening there. And while this was happening, I mean, the second time that I met this person, the second time when I met this person, I got a call from my friend as well. And the first time I didn't pick it up. I was like, no, I was in this. I need to be 100% over here. But what happened was my friend was frantically calling me every now and then, every now and then on a repeated basis. So I, I just decided, okay, fine, let me just take a break from here and receive this call. And he said, you know what? My son is having the same manic phase right now. So you want to take a look at it? And I said, okay, fine, show me. So we made a video call. So on video call, I can see both these children behaving the same way. As in the body was moving in the same manner. Yeah, yeah. When this guy is banging his head, this person is trying to hold on to somebody else's hair. When this person is trying to stab himself, that person is trying to take something and stab someone else. So it is like a reciprocal thing that is happening. And it was such a difficult thing to do because you're dealing with one person over here and then after there's another person also doing the same thing, right? And this I realized after some time. It wasn't very immediate. Like I just see and I get to know, okay, fine, I know it all. No, 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 no. It took some time that, you know, this is a pattern. And then after that, I saw when I asked them exactly about the history, when, when and when this happened, I found that my friend's son, as well as this boy, were having the manic phases in a rhythmic fashion. At the same time, synchronically connected. So I took a recess. I told Kifan, give me a few days. I need to go back and try to find exactly what is the pattern. Because this is very unusual. You don't find two possessed people behaving the same way in the same time. 
So it took say about two or three days, meditated over it and found like a, there will be a common connection. So what I did was I invited the parents to meet me at a restaurant. We met at a hotel and then after we started talking over what is exactly happening. But there was an awkwardness over the table, which I recognized very easily. So what I did, I just excused myself and I just walked to the washroom. But from my peripheral vision, I could see what is happening on the table and I, f I sensed a complete awkward silence over there. Usually when people would meet in this case would be talking about it. But there was a there was an awkward silence which made me find or decipher that there is these people are connected somehow or the other. The twins were separated at birth. <laughs> Something, <laughs> Something more dirtier than that. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, it would take less than imagination to know that uh, one of them had been uh, very dirty and uh, had been doing i mean this because this this man that uh you know called me he i never met him okay it was always the wife the lady who would interact with me and this guy was in a different town he was a tuition teacher he was running his own classes and he was in a different town so this is the first time i met him and i said you know who is this guy and he said she he is my husband and he's come from another town and uh as the case goes he had an extramarital affair with my friend's wife and uh, that son was his son. So the both the boys who were manically acting, demonically possessed were actually brothers. Half brothers. Half brothers. Same father, different mothers. Exactly. Exactly. The same father, different mothers. Now it was a baffling case. It was a complete conundrum. How do I actually treat it? Do I treat these people for they are demonically possessed and they are acting manically? Or do I go to the common connection over and what do I do? Right. For example, I'll tell you one thing. I mean, when we, uh, if at all, I mean, uh, you go for a psychiatric uh, or a psychological retreat somewhere, or you go for a, a counseling session somewhere, right. And you're cured of your depression or whatever like that. You go to a retreat anywhere, right. You, you're, you're completely calmed down. But the moment you come back home and if you're getting into the same old shit, then you will be again depressed. So it's not only about curing that person or, you know, counseling that person. It's also about the environment that needs to be addressed. So that goes in exorcism as well. So I was in a conundrum right now. Where do I actually target this? Right. And then afterwards, I talked to the father and I said, you know, what is going on? What is happening and all those things. And uh, like neuro-linguistic programming works, I found out that he was still into all these things. He was still into uh, uh, a lot of pedo pedophilia. And whenever he used to indulge in that, I don't know exactly how by the conspiracy of the universe that these people used to get into a manic phase. So this is something that we need to needed to address. But being in this situation, you just cannot go and tell him, you know what, you stop this. You cannot really do that. You cannot even tell his wife because you'll cause an, uh, an imbalance in the family. You don't want to do that. So how do I actually solve this? Now, this was like a paradox to me. I don't know exactly how to solve this. So it took me some time to counsel, counsel him out of it. I don't know whether I was uh, successful or not, but it all stopped when he committed suicide. The same the father. father. When he committed suicide, both the boys stopped acting possessed okay and, that was and i don't know how to and i don't know how, whom to credit for this was it me as an exorcist was it the universe which con conspired was it the father who who put an end to all these things or probably the demon himself who just annihilated himself in that father rather than working on these people what would you say damn this is the most challenging case which i've never said anywhere on any platform why because obviously i mean there are there are lives involved in that and people who know us closely will know exactly whom we're speaking about. 
but um, some day or the other i mean this had to be so i'm 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 still thinking over okay what exactly when we talk about demons when you talk about possessions when we talk about all the manic phases and everything this was very unusual to happen completely what happened to those two boys after this they are all fine right now i've not Perfectly heard from fine. yeah i've not heard from them for years they're all good whenever we talk it's all all good okay um usually when you depossess a person when you exorcise a person what do they relay to you about the entity that was on them do they say that they could see it they could feel it inside them they could hear voices how what is their interaction with the entity they don't know mostly they don't know in my exorcisms i mean uh, it's not as romanticized as it's as shown in the movies and all those things like all the drama that happens it's never like that they do tell me exactly what they go through like they feel like killing themselves they feel like the you know the innards are being eaten up completely insides are being eaten up they feel like completely a headache or a migraine or they feel completely you know say about on a killing spree or something like that or completely violent they just want to bang their heads or something or harm themselves or probably even commit a suicide just jump off a building or something like that they say that but they're not able to identify the demon that is my work i have to know whether this is a demon of suicide or whether the demon of depression or whether it is a demon uh probably i mean wanting to kill someone else or probably a demon from his past life who is afflicting him right now again or from the somewhere in the ancestry or is it a result of any dark magic that's done upon this person so i need to know exactly what once i identify the demon then it's only then that i can counsel him and i can emancipate his own spirit and soul to let him get out okay um i feel like all these cases that you're speaking of involve slightly more powerful entities are there weaker entities that actually latch on to a lot of people in the city and they don't even know that something has latched on to of course them? of course there's a lot there's a common misconception that demons a uh, demonic possession is always localized with a certain person like if i am demonically possessed it's not necessary that i i i i manifest physically like this like a mad person turning my eyes and climbing walls or probably slithering through chairs and and sofas and whatever it's not necessary a demon might possess you and you might experience a lot of misfortune in your life you might uh, experience a lot of accidents whatever you venture in will not bear fruit there can be a lot of fights or quarrels in the family as well a lot of discord in the family as well so these things happen when people tell us that you know what i mean we go to haunted locations and we uh, go i mean whatever investigating and we prove that a place is haunted and then after there'll be detractors on the comment section that saying you know what are we go over here and party every day we go every party every night we have stayed over here all night and i've never felt anything like this it's okay it's okay because you might go to a certain haunted place or you might go to a very filthy place and you might not see the bacteria or the virus over there it's only when you are a, a trained person with all the entire hazmat mask or whatever the, the the gown that they have go and take samples on a cotton swab and put it on a rub it on a right see through a microscope will they get to know whether there is a virus or a bacteria over there so you might not feel that there is anything but there is it is haunted so in the same way even demons also are everywhere but the pro- problem is people don't see them and they don't acknowledge them okay what's the most haunted location or the most uncomfortable location that you had visited uncomfortable i don't know haunted is my house <laughs> <laughs> yeah because there are all these haunted objects if i let them loose i mean it will be all hell so in your house currently there's a yeah. lot of objects which probably have entities inside them yeah yeah they are like a little demonic pets 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. What we do is whenever we go to any haunted locations or any cases that we uh, resolve as a team, as pairs, team Sarvajit, Pooja and me. So what we do is we ask those people, those private cases, whether you want to, you know, completely discard this or you want to give it to us. And a lot of them are very generous enough. They say, okay, fine, you know what, I don't mind giving it to you guys. So we collect these objects. Wherever we go to a haunted location, I'm the person who scouts. So Sarbajit will ask me, you know what, bhaiya, dekho, if you can find anything from here. So a lot of places we don't really. But there are some places when, when, we, when we completely know, okay, fine, this is the main source of all the disturbances that are happening. So we get them back along. We shield it and we get it back along. And so that is, those are all there at my house right now. Okay. On top of the fridge. <laughs> On top of the fridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow, get up at night to make a cheese sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey! Want <laughs> <laughs> some cheese sandwiches? Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the star object in all those? What's the most intense one? In those, there is a mirror. There's a big mirror, which is uh, which opens a portal. And it'll be like multiple entities that can go in and out through that. So we always keep it covered and that is there on the on my loft. What's a portal? It's a portal, is a, um, a doorway, is an entryway for to the other world, to the other side of the world. So all mirrors are portals? No, they can be though. Potentially they can be, but they aren't. Let's talk about this. This scared the <laughs> shit out of me when I was a kid, dude. Like when I used to look in the mirror and just smile, I used to feel like nah, a little it's not creeped like that. I mean, that is pareidolia. When you look at yourself in the mirror, you look at anything and you form, I mean, your brain works that you they try to form a pattern and whatever, you'll try to see different things. Not every mirror is a portal. Not every place is haunted and not everything is a demonic entity. But portals are created by mirrors, uh, which are facing each other sometimes because it ca causes an endless loop. So it gives a, a sort of a, what is that called? An entryway, a passageway for the other people or the, the other worldly and uh, outworldly uh, entities to actually enter this world. It happens even in Vastu for that matter, Vastu, and even in Feng Shui also, they usually say you shouldn't be keeping a mirror opposite each other. So when you go to one of these carnivals where there are all those mirror rooms, that's actually dangerous? If you sit around over there and keep watching all around, yeah, probably you might, you might feel the density. But because the atmosphere over there is pretty much lightened up by everything that is going on around, the festive atmosphere that is going around, you're constantly moving through the maze, that thing doesn't really affect. Okay. You want to talk a little bit about this mirror world? What's on hmm. the other side of it? Uh, a lot of entities that come from different galaxies, from different uh, uh, dimensions, especially. Like we stay in the third dimension, right? And to us... Uh, this object, whatever is there over here is, 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 is this exactly finite, right? If I ask you to take this and, and throw it out of this or take it out of this uh, room without puncturing the walls or without opening the doors, it'll be impossible to us. But a person in the higher dimension will be able to do that very easily. It'll just disappear out of our presence and just appear outside. Like the same way if you take a, a plane, a paper and put a two-dimensional person along with an object, a coin inside a room, Right, and ask him to move that object outside the room without puncturing or opening any door. It'll be impossible for him. I, th I think maybe another way of understanding this is an ant. An ant would probably be a two-dimensional. Not an thing. ant. An ant will work on top of that. But if I draw a figure, a stick figure inside that, oh, okay, along okay. with a coin, okay, right, and put a, a, a boundary around it and say, you know what, you move this coin outside the boundary without breaking the boundary, he will not be able to do that. But for us, it's very, very easy. For a three-dimensional person, it's very easy. I just pick up the coin, take it in the third dimension and place it out. 
and for that particular time it will be invisible for that person you'll say okay fine this one just disappeared from my world and just suddenly appeared outside mm. so in the same way what, what we do is in a third dimension is if i ask you to, to pick up any any of these objects and move it outside these three dimensional limitations it'll be impossible to us we cannot see how i will be able to throw a ball outside this wall or the ceiling or the floor without actually puncturing any of those but a person in the higher dimension so it's very easy you just pick it out and keep it out and for that point of point of time it will be invisible for us it'll be suddenly oh my god this chamatkar this is magic right so in the same way mirrors work in the same way they call, they they create a different impression of what we see endless loops and everything of what we see and what we see again is only the three dimensional impression of what is happening actually in the higher dimensions so what happens is these open portals for the other higher dimensions uh, people or different dimensional people to actually enter this world at the spiritual world the energy level everything will will, will increase what else can work as a portal other than two mirrors facing each other there are there are natural portals as well like wherein three elements or four elements like uh, interact with each other sometimes some places they just create portals like water bodies uh, probably trees right um, say about against each other or whatever like that some places some 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 places become natural portals for uh, uh, entities to enter and go okay like could someone's house become a portal if you do a certain ritual there yeah yeah sure sure like for example if at all there are uh, there are objects placed in tandem which emit a lot of emf and uh, like for example uh, an inverter battery um probably a wifi router or probably even a refrigerator or something like that if they kept in a in a triangular portion or something like that as we uh, there was one case that we solved like this um it creates a portal over there and you will find a lot of entities coming in and out and you will see that and it's not just hallucination because everybody else is seeing what do they actually visually see entities walking in and out that uh, walls and doors but the emf is not actually radiated outside it's only in that particular triangle so you cannot say this is a hallucination because it would have been hallucination if at all you are standing inside that emf pollution and then afterwards i've been experiencing this okay but it is completely outside and from outside the house outside from outside that place that a person is seeing entities just come in and out walking out the wall and going inside what does an entity look like visually whatever it was in his previous life like a ghost of a person of a person exactly will, will have the same face as that person exactly how do you know it's a ghost you don't actually unless it does something like this like just walking inside a wall and then you know okay fine you know what oh this is this is something that is unnatural that that really cannot happen or the person just disappearing or probably just glowing or probably just a shadow figure anything scary looking not really they look like normal humans they look like normal humans not really not really scary scary is been uh, been portrayed by movies because they want to scare people That's why I don't watch horror movies because they scare people. But I deal with the real ghosts every day, so they're not really scary. No. Uh, there was a movie that came out called Hereditary, mm -hmm. in which they pray to a demon called Paimon, and Paimon is an actual demon. Where uh, within the movie they've shown chants for Paimon and all that. Hmm. Is it wrong for me to say the name? No, not really. Nothing like that. Nothing. Right? Okay. Um, there are. actual paymon chants within the movie mm -hmm. and we had had someone else on the show who had mentioned that listen like i can't believe that there's a movie like this that's made where so much darkness is infused in the movie these actual demonic chants which are put inside the movie and then people all over the world are watching this and this has become a cult movie it's one of the scariest movies i've seen in my life honestly um
is the demon that I named is it one of Lucifer's key demons? Is it one of the leader demons? Might be, okay. might be. Okay, are there these core demons which are like a sort of demonic core team in the world of demonology? They can be. Okay. they can be because there are some demons i mean i don't i mean I, as i said i don't want to put a hierarchy to them but there are some demons who are more effective than the others there are some demons who may cause an illusion they may cause a, a hallucination they may cause uh, say about a sense of pride in you right so these demons are more dangerous like see uh, this is a body this is a soul that powers you up the body is a hardware and the soul is a software i mean it's 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 just a power that's powering you up a battery in a phone will work differently than a battery in a toy right but then after there is a programming that the spirit is a programming that tells the power what to do along with the hardware so there is a body there is a soul and there is a spirit right body level demons are different right a body has fluids it has soft tissue it has flesh and all the organs and it also has something known as a bones right the fluids are easily um, say about um, transferable right you donate your blood it will regenerate again you cry every day again right you pee every day you sweat every day and it's it's, it's still regenerated so fluid le level diseases or demons are easy to dispel easy then after the flesh level demons if you have a gash in your in your skin that takes more time to heal so those level of demons like if you have cancer those level of demons are slightly more superior than just a fluid levels right okay. demons again as i say are only diseases you don't want them and bones are the most permanent part of the body so you 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 bury the bones for thousands of years they will turn into fossil but they'll still be there so bone level demons and and injuries and and diseases are more that difficult to heal that's the reason fractures take that much more time okay so we come to the soul level in the soul level also there is something known as an uh, energy that's your core then after there's an aura which is sub surplus of your energy so your aura can disappear in a twinkling if you see your 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 khadus boss walking in or if a manipulative person walking in you lose your aura but if you see another person i mean you might get angry or you might get something so your aura is manipulated very easily it can regenerate also very easily but the energy that you have takes time to build up like what we call in ayurveda dincharya right the vat pit and kapha so those take time those levels those the chakras take time to heal you can balance them but through a process it is not just done by medicine but it is done by diet and proper care okay right and then afterwards there is something known in the in the, the uh, in the soul known as consciousness so consciousness can be taken away and that takes more time to regain like if you're in a coma it will take you that much time more to get back and you don't know exactly what right you might go into a uh, into a death like situation near death situation and where, where even the doctors will pronounce you medically dead but then you can come back from that as well so that the, the consciousness always survives so that is the most permanent part of the soul so it starts with the aura then goes to the energy then goes to the consciousness so the last part of the person is the spirit which is the most permanent part of a person so even in the spirit also it's a motivation which can come and go in a twinkling and the motivation is based upon the second part of the of the spirit which is the conscience right the conscience will determine whether you are motivated to do good or bad if you have got a dead conscience then you will be a criminal if you are if you are a person who is conscientious in life then you will always take the right decisions or you will at least fear to take the bad decisions and then after the most permanent part of the spirit is a memory 
the memory of a person will never go i'm not talking about dna memory that can be manipulated by amnesia or dementia but this is a dna memory that transcends generations and lives so that's the reason a past life regression always works because that is the memory that is retrieved right so these demons when we say the demons that work upon the memory of a person right makes that person's conscience dead and then after they'll work upon the motivation and that spirit will govern what the soul does along with the body so those demons are more potent they are more powerful so i wouldn't like to put a hierarchy but they are programmed to do that so you fear those demons more than these like there are criminals they don't think they've done anything wrong and they don't know they are possessed but the person in society any any sane person in society knows okay fine this is wrong and this is right according to him this is right and that's the evil is there parallel running along with the good okay so those levels of demons i would say are more potent to manipulate anybody and if they take over like for example these chants and all that you're talking in, about in the film if you're chanting them if i'm getting afflicted and if i address motivating me to do something wrong or bad then after that is potent but if i just listen to any chant and that doesn't affect me like people listening to prayers and bhajans every day and it doesn't affect them from doing anything wrong if a bhajan cannot change a person to do something good how can a chant motivate a person to do something wrong it's unless it is inborn in him you need to be able to take it in also and live with it practice it then maybe it changes something on your subconscious exactly level. exactly so it's like i mean uh, you might call an alcoholic a bad person and you may call a person who is a teetotaler a good person but you might find a teetotaler teetotaler also indulging in crime and you might find a drunkard also doing a uh, charity mm. so it's not exactly what you intake it's exactly how you act upon it um jeffrey dahmer and these guys who went to jail after going about the serial killings, killings uh claim that they were motivated by a demon which was telling them to like uh commit murder that's so easy no so convenient like how adam said i didn't do it <laughs> the girl that you sent my companion she made me do this and even the wife also eve also says the same thing it's not me there's a serpent over there otherwise i wouldn't have so it's very easy to uh, blame it on the devil but it is you who did it so you have to bear the consequences but do you think there are demons that could influence people to go about serial killings there will be there are there are yeah there are what do they tell those people that's what they manipulate the mind they kill the conscience and they say that this is right there's so much of wrong going on in life and good is of no good god is not there and god if god is there then he is either powerless or merciless because if he was powerful then he wouldn't let all these things happen and if he was merciful then he would pay heed to everything that all the wrong that is happening but they don't understand the entire mechanism of god because they think of god as a sky daddy who is who is watching over everybody it's not like that so what what the demons of those level do is or the satan for that matter says is god is not good enough you have to take things in your own hand and you have to kill all the bad or the poor or whoever is you think is wrong so yes okay have you visually seen an entity yourself yes i have and interacted with it yeah what's the energy exchange like in that conversation it's this telepathically because a person or ghost who doesn't has a physical body will not have ears will not have vision so it cannot see me it cannot hear me so me speaking verbally or orally out in a in a loud voice will actually not help it just my vibrations of my voice so if i can replicate that in telepathy then it's just another conversation as in you try thinking about what you want to project telepathically projecting yes how does one telepathically project you just think your thoughts out loud 
there are different ways actually uh, like for example we know that data can be transferred via light fiber optics right so there's enough of light over here so so much of data that i can manipulate and i can actually send you so that will be non verbal communication and when i'm actually verbally communicating what i'm doing is i'm manipulating the medium air causing a vibration and the frequency is something that you're decoding the same thing is going on in this mics and it's getting decoded over there right so in the same way when i speak the same vibrations are caught by every other surface that is there around over here if at all we know how to decode that right right now we are just decoding data in binaries technically but otherwise the universe will be working in more than binaries so that's how even psychometry works when we when we touch these objects so even telepathically you use different mediums like air or light or anything for that matter or even water even fire anything so when you project it telepathically it it then happens you need to okay um do these ghosts not know that they are ghosts they don't they think they're normal humans yes they are they are able to see you or are you the ghost for them no they see us as any other person right it's when i acknowledge or we acknowledge their presence is that they go, okay, okay fine somebody is seeing me somebody is not ignoring me and then after they try to interact otherwise they have no energy right they have nothing they have their, their metabolism is very different from our metabolism when we want energy what we do is we have our food we have our meals and that's how we we interact we become strong if for 10 if i fast for 10 days and on the 11th day somebody says you know what let's chill in a pub i would say rather no i can't dance right now i'm feeling very weak i wouldn't be that energy energetic so it needs meals for a person to get energy but these people are just invisible entities so how do they get their gather their energy so there is a emf there are other things that they they light or probably whatever like that they feed off other entities and then afterwards probably plants or something like that and then they get their energy so they will only spend their energy towards a person on a person who actually will recognize them otherwise why would they want to spend it so there is this, this this whole idea of entities always wanting to latch on to other people or wanting to interact or, or or scare them is actually wrong because they wouldn't want to okay but Had they don't know but they don't know whether they're dead or not they don't know that this is one thing i've learned from sarva bhai and pooja you have to first sometimes convince the entity that it's dead and tell it to go is that accurate yeah yeah it is it is but there are some entities who wouldn't want wouldn't want to go they know that they're ghosts but they still have some desires left in life that they don't want to cross over like what probably they want to know exactly the state of their parents or the people who are living the kin who are there left behind probably the orphan child right now they want to know about that sometimes they are attached to their property what what are my assets going to do right now where is my gold hidden what is going to happen of that sometimes they i mean if if at all they have died an unnatural death they want revenge so they will search for that person but without having any eyes without having any ears without having any feet or something like that how do they find that person so they aren't so they are just wandering around and they don't want to cross over because they are attached to their desires here but they have the option to cross over they do they do and they just don't want to in the same way that you know as a human sometimes you're just attached to something you don't want to leave your house something like that yeah yeah okay. you do want to but then after sometimes i mean see uh these entities are coexisting along with us the invisible entities are also coexisting with us it's like any other ant any other rodent any other insect right as long as they're coexisting there is no problem as long after they become a pest is when we have to i mean do pest control 
So that's exactly what even with these entities, they're living around, they're all there everywhere. And as long as they're not disturbing any anyone, we don't disturb them. So even when we go to a haunted location, we ask them whether they need that help. If they need that help, we're always there to provide the light. Okay. Have you met any of them in your dreams? Mm, not in my dreams, actually. In my dreams, I'm in a very different realm altogether. Yeah. We'll talk about that <laughs> as well in another section. Let's finish off this section. Yeah. What was the most <clears throat> difficult entity you had met? Who just wasn't willing to go? Uh, there was one place outside. Uh, I've, I've spoken about this uh, earlier. Uh, there was one place outside Mumbai on the outskirts of Mumbai where we went investigating. And uh, there were two entities fighting against e uh, each other. The entity that was outside that particular place of worship was more turbulent and violent because it wanted revenge over the entity that is inside that place of worship, hiding inside. So that entity, because I telepathically also communicated like a week in advance with that, right? And it actually led us to that place. It was two humans who were fighting against each other. Two dead humans. Who just had a rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. Had they killed each other or something? One of them had killed the other. One of them had killed the other. Mm -hmm. Go on. So it was it had it had a terrible backstory actually you know it it was like about the landowners a brickin owner right who had whose uh, son had uh, uh, raped and killed the, the daughter of the other a worker and then afterwards killed them all and then after when the lady came back lady of the house was much more powerful much more strong so when she came back she killed all of those people in revenge but the uh, the the wife of the landowner just escaped and hid in the when you're saying lady came back you're saying as a spirit she the came mother back. the mother the mother of the uh, the girl who was killed came back in human form she was in human form she, she was, was alive. yeah yeah she was alive and she killed this person's family exactly how a uh, single handedly with a uh, with, with whatever she could get really really yeah yeah we confirmed this story from the locals then this would have happened a while ago or like maybe 30 40 years ago this was in yeah not 30 40 years ago maybe 50 60 years ago this was in the 1960s or something like that yeah that happened there and we confirmed this from the locals that's exactly what because our psychic readings we can always uh, say that you know what this is all uh, just made up but when we confirm these facts from people in a very subtle manner we just ask like yahan par kya hua and then they will say yahan nahi jana I said, nah, it's okay. It's just about the snakes or whatever scorpions that you might be worried about i said nahi, 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 wo nahi hai. there is something else and then we understand and then after we ask them it's slightly just prodding in like what happened over here why is it forbidden why don't you guys visit after dark and everything like that then afterwards they tell us the story and everything which is again the confirmation of what we already know so the bits and parts wherever where, wherever the jigsaw puzzle pieces are missing actually gets filled up there do you use like police records and all to like police wouldn't believe in this right but there are cases there are police cases that have helped also resolve <laughs> yeah. giving me two three more tangents but we'll come back to this story no but uh, we wouldn't speak about those because okay. the, the, those can have legal implications okay fair fair like the police is consulted with you to solve yeah. wow yeah. damn yeah. son yeah. okay there was one there was one police case where his own son was killed and he couldn't solve it so i had to yeah okay uh coming back to this auntie story yeah so uh when we went over there in the it was already past dark we had to convince an old person to actually lead us to that place and it was completely dilapidated there was we couldn't see any entrance we had to walk up a jungle in a hill and get to that place in mumbai on the outskirts of mumbai you're not comfortable revealing the location it better not to okay okay fine. okay i'll say around karjat 
but around karjat not not really karjat it's, it's sure. on the other side sure. yeah but that's exactly where it happened and uh, so when we went over there i was already interacting with this lady and we were there inside the mandir okay and it was a completely completely broken down mandir and i i told those people you know what don't just stand below this broken down bow the 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 pillar uh and i said this can actually crumble down any time on any of you and we'll have to come next year to investigate your case <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i mean manifestation can happen anyhow right yeah. so um, first of all what led us to that place uh, was an interaction we had uh, on a different segment and one person revealed that this has happened to them there that they took a segway they took a, a sort of a, a a detour on the way to goa and they just went happened to just chance upon this location and uh, when they clicked photographs of that place selfies of that place uh, they could hear somebody just violently run towards them from inside the mandir and just that just freaked them out and they returned back to bombay and uh, there were four friends out of that three people died of fever what unexplained fever that that week in that week so the fourth person somehow you know just survived and there after finally when he when he gave the story he gave the story but after that his mother detracted him from accompanying us because he was scared he said why are you getting back into this you're not even married <laughs> don't get into that so anyways we found that place we we went to the locals and we found this place somehow or the other and that person again told us you know don't go there we said it's okay we just leave us and on the condition that we drop him back again to his uh, original shop he took us he led us there and we told our driver to just drop him back so there we parked and then after we went inside completely in the jungle when we reached that mandir first of all i mean we reached another place and i said no this is not the place it is somewhere below because my psychic senses are that sharp so then after we went ahead and it just looked like just another house it was not looking like a mandir with a courtyard in front nothing like that just like another house so i said no this is the place so one of the crew members just opened the door and there was nothing inside and i was like no this is that place so when i stepped inside i opened another door and like any other old horror movie it opened like with a creak and a cringe like completely like that is with that sound and everything it was very difficult to push it but then there there were all the objects and all that were kept inside like kalashes and uh, you know some blood stains around what? ashes and everything yeah and a lot of dark stuff was done someone there. was performing rituals maybe not just one because there were more than 15 to 20 kalashes so there may be many other people who are doing a lot of stuff there so it was dense it was very dense it was like completely dilapidated broken down and it was completely taken over by shrubbery all around all the bushes and everything around from there i could just see the courtyard the front door and it was completely locked with a lot of you know, tough chains so we couldn't go there so when the team started investigating inside i just felt you know what let me just go out alone and check exactly what the entity outside is doing so when i went from the side i just you know i could see the creepers around and i just picked up the creepers with my hand right holding a ghost meter in my hand like this and then after that i went inside in the courtyard and started interacting with the uh, entity but the, the the entity was very very stubborn completely obstinate was not ready to come on the gadgets and from a very investigative perspective this is a waste because i want to record everything that is happening on the gadgets telepathically i can speak to 10 different entities how does it prove that it is not my own hallucination or my mind not playing tricks on me on my own i want the interactions over here because i'm recording this right it's not happening it's organically trying to communicate with me and is not letting me you know i'm not coming on the gadget i'm trying to tell everything far off in a the distance there is another dog that is barking and just as a matter of conf- confirmation i ask you know what at least make the dog 
quiet. And within seconds, a dog just stops barking. In a distance, long, 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 I mean, far away, completely, just stops barking. And I say, okay, fine. This is a confirmation. This is not my mind playing tricks because the dog had been barking for a long time, maybe for three or four minutes altogether. And this was not a matter of coincidence. So it happened. And then after this, okay, fine. Now you're not coming on the gadgetry. You're doing all this stuff. This is not actually helping me at all. So fine, let me go inside and check what is happening over there, right? The moment I try quitting the courtyard and going back inside the mandir, this feeble creepers became such thick bows or branches of trees and just stopped my way from going inside. Like plants got activated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plants got activated as they show in the horror movies sometimes, you know, that they become such thick and they become like branches of a tree and they stopped my way. That feeble branches, I mean, the, the creepers that I could just pick up like this and just walk inside, just came and stopped, blocked my way. And it was very unusual. I said, this is not what I wanted from this place. And I was like, uh, um, telepathically, you know, just uh, in, a, in a quarrel with that entity. I said, you know, you don't do this. This was that auntie's entity? Yes, it was. Who had killed that entire Who family? Who had killed the entire family. Okay, go on. So after this, I had to literally crawl out of that place and get into the mandir again. And nobody inside knew exactly what happened with me outside there. And more than the entity, I was more scared of the, um, the beast that could have manifested. Right? There could be leopards or whatever, because they, they, that, that was a jungle, complete jungle. So if at all this entity had manifested in the, in the way of a leopard or something like that, that would be much more treacherous. That can happen. That can definitely happen. Okay. That can definitely happen. Like snakes, scorpions, anything. We've, we've seen them all. So that happens. I mean, like, like entities and demons can manifest them through humans. So they get possessed, right? The same way anything, any, any of these things can happen. But then afterwards, when we went inside, and after uh, uh, the entire investigation all, all got over, we came outside and we cleansed that place. How? Just removing that entity from that place. Just forcefully crossing her over. How? By, there's a ritual. There is a ritual. Okay. Okay, so you were to perform an exorcism of the place. Of the place. So that's called a cleansing. That's not actually an exorcism. That's a, that's a cleansing. Okay. Which is, I'm sure, extremely technical. There's like a bunch of steps and... Densities and all. Yeah, that, that, that matter. The same way that we cleanse a lot of other locations, like private cases that we go to. The people say that the place is haunted or something like that. So first we will search for any, any other anomaly like EMF pollution or probably even a Vastu anomaly or something like that. And if at all that is the cause of the problem, then we just directly tell them, you know what? A Vastu consultant will be better, right? Why do you actually want to... Now do this. So you do that, everything, all those things first. And only then if, if the anomaly still exists, only then we step in. So that's how the cleansing happens. Okay. Um, one thing I've learned from Sarbabhai and Pooja is that you have to approach these cases with a sense of empathy towards the entity. Yeah. But even if it's an entity like this, which has murdered a whole family, which is being aggressive with you, you're still supposed to show empathy. Otherwise, it will not uh, interact with you, no? So you're supposed to say, Maji, sorry. No, not really. Kya not really. It's like you, I mean, in a criminal case, for that matter, like incriminating a criminal, right? If a person is accused, he's still not a criminal. So if at all you show your uh, sakti over that person, that person will not actually break down. Even so you, you employ different methods. Empathy is required. Yes. Okay. Um, why was this particular one more difficult? Because the spirit was adamant. Yeah, and it physically restrained me from getting out. Otherwise, this has never happened before, anytime. Okay. Do you think it would have come for your life if you had had fear? or? Any? If I had fear, yes, it could have. 
it could have it could have tried to manifest itself through me it could have possessed me it could have attached itself to me and uh, tried to work through me do you think that this lady was probably spiritually strong through the years yes as an as an entity she had become yeah. spiritual see it, it it's like this like over say about years like suppose a person is dead and it still doesn't want to cross over a person an enlightened person knows okay fine this is the purpose of the universe right like the animals and the birds they have no i mean a desire and life is such they they just want to eat right and they just want to procreate there is no insurance there is no investments there is no there are no fixed deposits there are nothing like that they don't ho- hide anything once they are dead they just let go it's okay i'll go to the next life but humans no we have a lot of desires we have a lot of fixed a lot of botherations that keep us bound to this place so an enlightened being will think about okay fine this is my life and if this is my death no matter how violent it is i'll just let go and just go to my next assignment my next life but there are some people who will not let go very easily they want their possessions they, they through their desire to stay over here right so immediately they might not go but they have to disintegrate sometime or the other it's just energy energy can convert itself from one form to the other it cannot just get destroyed but the thing is if these people have learned the method to stay put gather energy without eating food and staying for such a long time for 40 50 years why would they want to go to the next life sometime again you gather energy out of interacting with people from the human realm or any other source any other source it can be it can be light it can be densities of uh, air it could be anything water through which they manifest anything so there are multiple techniques in that realm also to accumulate further energy exactly like you, a like a person might fast for 3 days and still be healthy so it's not a consumption is not only limited to the food that we eat a consumption is also the things that we see the things that we experience so all that is consumption that makes us what we are okay you also said that that uh, temple had people performing rituals inside it the one thing i know about any kind of rituals is that when you perform it in an, in an area uh, it changes the energy of the place as of well of course so could this lady's spirit be feeding off the of energy of that and yeah yeah she would have become be. powerful there and yeah. that's why she was able to manipulate physical reality as well exactly okay. exactly like poltergeist activities like throwing of throwing books off a shelf or probably throwing vessels off a countertop or something like of shattering glass these are poltergeist activities right so these entities somehow or the other try to manipulate the medium like air or probably vibrations or something like that and cause an anomaly and the stronger the entity is the more it can interact with the physical realm exactly so have poltergeists also been humans at some point or not necessarily not necessarily not necessarily they could have just been a different kind of being from another yeah. realm yeah there is a difference between a ghost and a demon right a demon is something that has never walked earth it's like that i mean a, a a demonic entity is different a demonic entity are like just free radicals of energy latching on to some memory right like it's like this um the property of a of a of a metal wire is like it is malleable and ductile it can be molded it can be any in any form and bent in any form but the moment i give it a a, a shape of a coil if i heat it and if i increase the density of its molecules the molecular bond it becomes a spring and once it becomes a spring if i pull it it will st- or push it it will still retain its original shape so what i'm doing over here is it had energy even before that it has energy even now what i'm doing is only ascribing a memory to it after a certain time if i heat it again and if i pull it in a certain way that memory will be left and it will again become malleable and ductile again 
So in the same way as humans also, as we, we are all vibrations, we are different, right? Everything is vibration, everything is just uh, energy, right? So what happens is through our DNA, through our genetics, we ascribe memory to each and every cell. So there are some cells that will go and become the heart and there are some cells that will fu uh, function like the fingers. And we keep regenerating this through whatever food we're eating, right? Every cell keeps on, I mean, multiplying and then afterwards getting degenerated after some time, right? So what we are actually doing is only ascribing memory to the energy. The moment you remove the memory from the energy, the energy is free to interact again and go, go on to this next life. So energy actually cannot be destroyed. It can be only converted from one form to the other. What happens in demons is the free radicals of energy that are moving in the air, wind and everything, these are all energies, right? Suddenly get some spiritual memory to it. If the, if the memory is positive, they, they form angels and spirit guides. If it is negative, they form demons. So there are some entities, invisible entities, which are positive, And there are some entities which can be negative. Are there some that are just gray, which are both? Yeah, they can be. They can be confused. So they cause confusions. What's the craziest manipulation or illusion that you've come across? The most recent one, actually, but I wouldn't like to speak about because that's not out yet. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, but yeah, but that really happened wherein um, I was just up a flight of stairs going up alone to place a gadget somewhere. And I heard just two sentences spoken down from a, someone outside. And in the team, I'm the person who actually deals with the outsiders. So I suddenly came down and asked who spoke. And Pooja said, nobody's speaking over here. And I said, I could hear it. I heard two people speaking in Marathi and calling us, I mean, something like that. And it was just echoed over here. I said, nobody spoke. And it was like the demon's way of telling me, you know what, don't go up. But that's it. So I went up, placed a gadget, came down again. And every through that entire process of our investigation, Sarba, Pooja, and me, felt like somebody was speaking outside. There was a lady screeching somewhere crying for help somewhere, someone is peeping out from outside, some torchlight or something like that, as if somebody's coming just to disrupt our investigation. This happened. Okay. Have you dealt with Ouija boards? Ouija, yeah. Ouija boards? Ouija, yeah, Ouija boards. we portals in the uh, last conversation. So is, is a Ouija board a portal? It can be. What is a Ouija board? Like, you know, why don't you just like explain Ouija, it? A oh, Ouija board is a, like any kindergarten uh, uh, book with all the uh, letters of the alphabets and the numbers and a yes and no, hello and goodbye written upon that. And you place uh, an object upon that, which is known as a planchet. Three or four people put their fingers on it and it moves on its own. But that works upon the idiomotor effect. It's not, it's not really uh, occult. It can be. It can be. Why? Because again, it works through manipulation. So the micro muscles of our fingers that twitch makes the planchet move. If I want to move it, I will move it on my own. And I'm manipulated. But what is making me move it? Either my skepticism, my motivation of fooling the others, that itself is a demon. And if I'm, if I'm not afflicted by the demon of this, I'm not physically actually moving it. I wanted to move it on, on its own. But moment a question is asked and it moves on its own, it's your micro muscles which are actually pushing the planchet all around the place okay. and going to certain letters and everything. Okay. And from where does uh, the information come? From the recesses of your memory. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> I am wearing a cross locket that just fell off. <laughs> Okay, anyway, <laughs> what is happening here, man? Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing. There's just something physical. Okay. 
micro muscles <laughs> micro muscles yeah Damn. so your micro muscles like even twitch on your face and on your eyebrows and all those things i mean might do even this that's possible or something like that you know it happens so that moves a planchet it just carries something from the recesses of your memory and gives you the answers if at all the four people don't know anything about what has been asked you will never find an answer you might find a very disruptive answer but yes this also i mean this is a scientific logic behind it but yes it can also be that you are manipulated by some or the other demon or by some or something else something else with the recesses of that memory that you might actually just end up giving good answers so in a, a ouija board is very scientific it's just a play thing it's nothing i mean too serious but you just cannot trivialize it again and just say okay fine you know what it's just a game board so you can play with it no you never know when it is just a play board and when it can actually invite a demon from another or a dead entity from another zone and so it's like playing blind dates with evil entities but what can possibly cause it to invite an entity it's random yeah why not i mean uh, given the opportunity to interact with the present world any dead entity will do anything why because i want to interact suppose i'm dead right now i have my all my mental faculties alive i have my eyes i have a nose i have my tongue to speak i have my ears i have all my limbs i can walk everywhere but suppose if somebody just gouges my eyes out suppose my i'm i'm deafened by putting acid in my ears and suppose my whole vocal cords have been taken away and i can't even speak my tongue is cut somebody cuts my limbs all my limbs makes me a completely complete vegetable and places me in the outskirts of the saharas or probably in the tribal jungles of africa i would want somebody to come and understand my form of communication for me a single tap might be a yes and a double tap might be no but to the person who is interacting with me a double tap might be a yes and a single tap might be a no so how do i establish a form of communication so at that point of time if somebody really establishes that and, and i find that this person is understanding me good and is taking me exactly to the water that i want to drink or is taking giving me food exactly when i want or is taking me back to my homeland i would want to interact with that person okay. so suppose you think about a dead entity or a demon you would always want to get in touch with someone who is understanding them so that they can use that as a medium to communicate with the real world okay um man <laughs> you said that ouija board could or could possibly not also be a part of the occult so i want to ask you what is an actual occult thing anything you want it to be like for example you can you can uh, you can cut a log of wood and you can use it as firewood it serves its purpose but you fashion a, a deity out of it an idol out of it and start worshiping it becomes an idol as in a deity fire no 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 you take a log of wood oh okay you okay, cut okay. it and you use it for furniture or you okay. use it as it serves its purpose but the moment you carve it into a deity and and you you worship it it becomes a deity for you right mm. it's what you have in mind for it mm. so you might take a mirror stand in front of it and and keep on chanting bloody mary bloody mary bloody mary <laughs> with the intention of seeing bloody mary you will see bloody mary really <laughs> or or you may not Right. If you just play it as just as a game, nothing is going to happen because Bloody Mary doesn't really work. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Does yeah. Bloody Mary work? No, it doesn't. If you want it to work, it will work. How? You say Bloody Veronica also, for that matter. Bloody Veronica will appear <laughs> if you want I'm it to work. I'm getting chills, dude. <laughs> Why am I getting chills? You say anything. I mean, for that matter, as I said, a, a Ouija board is just like a kindergarten students or persons. I mean, a book which has all the letters of the alphabet down there and all the numbers. Right? You want that to happen? It can happen. You ask questions over there. It can happen. Any form of spirit communication 
is bullshit if you don't believe in it. For example, even on the gadgetry also that we want, we, we ask them to spike our gadgets, right? You come close to this and it will spike on its own because you contain EMF. So if you come over here, my sensor will, will sense you, right? You come at, with that much intensity or you come with less intensity. You want to manifest through, uh, say, about uh, organic, in an organic manner by uh, uh, manipulating the birds in the air to chirp or probably the insects to manifest or whatever like that. You can ask that and that will happen. You might think that is random, but... If it happens exactly when you ask them the answers and it happens at that point of time, that means you're, you're getting a communication back in return. Like your dog at home might bark or might not bark throughout the day. But if it is barking exactly when you want it to, when you're asking it to and it's giving you a response, that's a response. So you have to respect that as a response, no matter how skeptic you are about it. But if a dog is exactly or your bird is exactly chirping when you wanted to chirp, that's a response. So in the same way, any form of spirit communication, be it the Ouija board, be it the gadgets, or be it any form of EVP, electronic voice phenomena, anything, if it is giving you a response to the, uh, uh, the stimulus that you are providing, that is a response. So it can be good or it can be evil, anything. Mm. Okay. Whew. <laughs> so many more questions, but I intuitively feel like this is the end of episode one with you. <laughs> All right. Savio Furtado, brother. Thank you. There's a lot more to speak to you about. We've not covered it yeah. all. This is an intro episode to you. Uh, so I hope you had fun. I, I did. I did. I did. I, I hope it was fun for you too. It was great. It was great. Just a little heavy, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on to the next one. That was the horror special on TRS. We're always looking for new guests who could give us more conversations just like this. So as listeners, if you know someone who's a professional demonologist, a professional psychic, someone who deals with the occult realm, please drop in your suggestions down below. TRS will be back very soon with more occult-themed conversations just like this.